Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters and secure your dates all from one platform mallardbay.com not sure where you want to go yet reach out on instagram or facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt also brought to you by afco family owned and operated afco fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water from cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in florida our products are built to handle the extreme We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com, that's A-F-T-C-O.com, for on-the-water performance gear. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Winter is finally here, or late fall, or whatever you want to call it, but the temperatures drop. Man, had a great frost on the ground this morning. I think it was 32 degrees here in Birmingham. Man, I know this is a fishing podcast, but this is making me want to go climb a tree. It's fall, and the fish are biting. It's a great time of year to fish, but I know them big old bucks uh, around the state are moving as well. So hope you guys are either being able to get out and enjoy the fishing right now or the hunting, whatever way you're enjoying the great outdoors in in Alabama is a good way. But this is a fishing report, so we got to talk about fishing, and I am looking forward to this next guest. We've we've tried to connect a few times, and uh, this is a first-time caller, first time we've had him on here. So I am super, super excited to welcome to the show jason whitehead what's going on jason hey buddy appreciate the invite man i'm glad we finally made it work after a couple weeks of back and forth but uh glad to be here hey it it, sometimes it's like that you know i mean we're busy you're busy i'm busy we all got things to do so hey but you're here and and we're glad to have you so like i said jason this is your first time caller to the show so i always love having new guests on but you're mainly you're a Gunnersville guy, right? That's where you pretty much you're you're a guide there. Yes, sir. I guide on Gunnersville. I do a little bit uh, springtime down on the Coosa River, summertime. Uh, just when Gunnersville gets too packed, you know, there's big tournaments and stuff here. We'll relocate and kind of shift shift gear some time to town down to the Coosa River. But yes, sir, I spend the majority of my time here on Gunnersville. Good stuff, man. Well, let's talk about it. I know that, uh, like I said kind of leading up to your segment i mean we've had 
had a lot of cold weather that's moved in and and you know it that the the water temperature i'm sure has dropped of course you know that air changes a lot faster than the water does but but how's that affecting the fish um as far as their activity and where they're at right the weather hasn't affected them the last couple weeks as much as tva has with just dropping the water down a little bit there was probably about three weeks ago right before a few of the open tournaments here were on the lake and the water was up and the frog bite was just really getting good the water temperature was mid 70s i mean you could go punching and throw a frog basically anywhere that you saw mad at chasing and catch fish and then tva about two weeks ago dropped the water about a foot and a half since then we just had to back out. It's been our way to catch them. The frog bites kind of shut off a little bit. I was on the water this morning. Water temperature was 62 degrees. So it hasn't dropped as much as, you know, we're cold standing outside with it, you know, 26 and 27 degree mornings. But the water temperature hasn't dropped sub 60 yet. You know, it's down in those low 60s, which is good. You know, which there's still a frog bite. Yeah, there's still a frog bite to be had up in the river. But down on the lake end, where I spend the majority of my time, it, with them dropping that water, it's made them made a bit of a change, that's for sure. Do those fish just get uncomfortable a little bit when the water starts dropping and, and maybe not panicked, but kind of like, okay, I'm going to back out here to this deeper water where I don't get trapped in a pocket or in an area or, or something. Do they just, you think that's what they do? I mean, Right. I mean, it, for the, the people that are listening that fish Gunnersville often, Gunnersville is not a deep lake. All right. You have flats that are six, seven, eight foot. So when you drop, it's not like a, you know, Highland Reservoir with rock walls and bluffs and the fish can go from two or three foot deep to 30 foot deep relatively quickly. Gunnersville, right. I mean, they got a, potentially a half a mile to get out there deeper. So when you start affecting the water, you know, one and two feet, yeah, it just, it takes them a little while to reposition to kind of regroup. This year, especially because there hasn't been a whole lot of current on the lake, the water's been up, it's been steady, it hasn't hasn't been flowing, you know, it's been stable. In the last two weeks, when they dropped it out, it's it's made it challenging for this time of year and what people want to do, but you can still catch them. Yeah, because everybody wants right now, especially on Gunnersville. I mean, this is what y'all consider the frog time of year, right? Absolutely, it is my favorite time of the year because you can bust out the big rods big line big hooks and go to that thick stuff and it's almost guaranteed you know the end of october halloween comes around and you got you got six rods you go out with every one of them have braiding a frog on it it's just how it is and you love it. it is so much fun well yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up because i actually bought some new braid today and and i was and i bought it for frog and i was thinking mm-hmm. uh, i ended up buying 30 pound braid and i know some people go heavier but i'm like man what is the right size braid to buy for for this for rock fishing well i mean the 30 pound is that's a a minimum you know that's on the lower end for what i classified 50 50 i think is standard but some of these really small frogs like if you're throwing a you know one of the junior booyah pad crushers or a Spro frogs are a little bit heavier. Scum frog, they make one. The fat frogs uh, made by snag proof, those are lighter weight frogs. So when you're taking, you know, 50, 60, 80 pound braid trying to throw a lighter weight frog, it's, it's hard to throw. So I base it off of my frog size. So if it's a junior size frog, I typically throw 40 to 50. If it's a big frog and I'm throwing in some nasty stuff, I go all the way up to 80 pounds. Oh, wow. 
Oh yeah. What kind of rod? You got like a medium heavy? Oh uh, no, sir. I use a. Uh, I got a seven six extra heavy when I need to get it out there a little bit further. My standard frog rod. Um, I use all hammer all hammer rods, and they're manufactured and made here in Alabama. Right that's what I have. Is a, that's what I've got. Is a hammer yep. rod. Yeah. Air seven three heavy is just it's perfect. You can throw whatever frog, whatever size, whatever line, regardless of how thick that it is. It's got enough backbone to where you can have one blow up on it and just bury up in the grass, and you can. It's got. It's just perfect. Well, I, that makes me. Thing. That makes me feel good. That's exactly what I have at seven three head yep. hammer rod, yep, and that. I love it. And and I love that they're made here in Alabama as well. Mm-hmm. So you know we've talked about frogs a, a good bit on the show it seems like probably this year more than in the past uh, and a lot of that's because i started fishing a frog more so i bring it up so i can get yeah, better at it right. but uh w- first of all which which one do you use oh man i got four boxes of them it's it's harder for me to decide which one to tie on than it is deciding which one's a favorite i just rotate them brighter colors uh, based off water clarity, stuff like that. I mean, if you got shad and stuff going on, my favorite frog-wise, just in general, not talking colors, has to be a spro frog. I mean, they're they're just tough. A popping frog, any of their bonsai lineup, they just last a lot longer. Now, the booyahs have some really great colors that I like. Um, same thing with the snag proof, the fat frog, and a couple of the other ones. They got some great colors. They just don't hold up quite as long. When you're out there catching, you know, 50, 60, fish a day on a frog you know you're burning through two or three frogs in a day yeah with other brands the spro i mean i got spros i can send you pictures of them i mean the the paint's going like you can't even see the eyes on it no more and for it just holds up they're tough yeah so you you're tying and when you're fishing the frog you're 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 not using a leader at all on this you're you're tying the the braid straight to the to the frog oh yeah straight yeah that's what i that's what i thought but all right so i've had a a lot of different opinions on this, so I want yours. Do you do anything to your bait? Do you bend the hooks up? As far as missing fish, I mean, if you fish a frog a lot, you're probably going to miss. <laughs> I miss a lot on them. I'm good at it. What's your secret to catching to, to catching more fish on a frog and, and instead of getting strikes and missing them? Yeah, I think that comes down to more setup by rods and line rods and just technique more than bending the frog hooks. I mean, I you can um, you just don't have to bend them. There's certain frogs on the market. I think Jackal makes one that's kind of buried down a little bit. Some of the snag-proof frogs. I mean, you can bend the hooks up a little bit. Overall, it doesn't. The biggest mistake that I see with having clients in the boat with me when we go out frog fishing is they set the hook to the side. Almost like, you know, you take a crankbait guy and you're wanting to load that rod up, um, you know, to keep the fish down. So you got your rod down towards the tip of the rod, down towards the water. You're trying to keep that fish from jumping. It is totally opposite when you're fishing heavy vegetation and a frog. All right. You got a big rod, big line, and big hooks. You set the hook straight up, not to the side. You set the hook straight up in the air, and you crank it and winch it absolutely as hard as you can directly at the boat to keep that fish on the surface. Because the last thing you want a a three, four, even a five or six pounder to do is go down in that vegetation. That's when you typically lose them. Now, they'll miss it, 
But as far as a fish coming up, eating the frog, exploding on it, eating that frog, if you set the hook straight up in the air and winch him straight to the boat, typically don't miss that many or lose that many. I mean, I've had clients in the boat with me the last couple of weeks, and they're like, holy smokes, I did it again, didn't I? I said, yep, you set it to the side, not straight up. It's that's so hard to do. It's yeah. so hard to do against everything that you don't want a fish to do. You know, you don't want a fish to come up and have a chance of throwing it. And it's like, man, look, you got line that don't stretch, a big heavy rod, and big hooks just winching to the boat. Just winch you, man. Winch what about man. as far as your when you're setting the hook with your frog? Do you, and and that's that's probably my I think that was my biggest mistake when I when I started fishing a frog more is I was probably setting the hook a little too quickly. Uh mm-hmm. do you wait till you is there like a magic number you're counting to when he hits, or do you just, when he hits it, do you just almost drop your rod tip and wait till you feel him? I watch my line, then depending on how far the cast is. Now, if I can't see the cast or say I hear it blow up, if I can, if I hear it blow up, because sometimes you'll throw in the backside of the mat and the fish will just kind of roll on it or suck it in. So you'll go, thank you, Harriet. At that point, I'm watching for my line to move or feel the fish like braid's extremely sensitive so you're going to feel it about the same time that you see the line move but if you watch your frog say it's coming through a, a patch of lily pads and it comes through those pads and you see a fish blow up on it if you watch that line that line of jump it's much like throwing a weightless sinker that mm-hmm. line's going to move as soon as it moves lay into it good stuff good stuff that's what i need to do just wait and watch the line feel know the fish is there instead of jerking it out of her mouth before they have it good. Quit reacting. Like, I'm not saying watch the line and it'll swim off sideways. I'm just saying if the frog's not there on the water, you don't want to jerk, especially when you set the hook straight up because the fish may have flat out just missed that frog. And if you jerk, he may come back and eat it again. Right. So leave it there. Just watch for that line to move. The more you do it, the more fish you set the hook on, the more you visually pay attention to it, you know, of course, the better you get. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously we, we hope that the frog bite picks back up. Cause I know that's what a lot of people love to do this time of the year on Gunnerful, but like today, this morning, the frog bites not there. What, what's your, where, where are you going? Uh, you're backing out obviously and, and catching fish in a different area. Uh, kind of what's your, what's your second choice this time of year what? on Gunnerful? Yep. What I look for and have been looking for the last two weeks is showing up at the lake and looking for pre-spawn areas, all right? Those fish, when it comes out of wintertime, they move up the pre-spawn. Before they go out to spawn, they'll set up secondary points, offshore humps, channel swings, stuff like that, those particular areas. Well, in the summertime, they back back out, right? The majority of the fish back back out in the channels. When the fall comes around, they move back up to the same places that they're typically stacked up at during the pre-spawn. So it's offshore humps, channel slings, points leading back into pockets, secondary points. There's some fish still back in the flats. They're typically not the the quality size, um, at least recently. You know, I think that water temperature's got to get down a little bit more, but offshore points, humps, channel swings, stuff like that. Good stuff, man. What kind of, uh, what are you fishing with on those areas like this morning? A-rigs, swim baits, uh, lipless crankbaits. The chatterbait bite's been kind of hit and miss um, just because they're, you know, they're wanting something moving pretty quickly by them. Um, and some of it's open water. Sometimes they get all the way up there in the grass. The last 
month and a half or so, there's been a ridiculous amount of schooling activity. So you can see a lot of those fish in those particular areas before you ever go to make a cast. You kind of know that they're there. Yeah. But I'm a bait guru, so uh, I'm, I am I like doing swim baits. So swim baits, A-rigs, lipless crankbaits, <laughs> you know, anything shad rotating and fast moving. Yeah, the the swim bait is 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 one that you know we we hear a lot of people talk about on the show. I'm not sure, you know. I I know it's for me, and particularly, uh, you know, like you said, you're a swim bait guru. I guru. I, I've you know I need to get better at it, and uh, and fish it more. But when you're talking swim bait, I mean you're you're you've got a, a jig head basically uh, that you got a swim bait on kind of and, and i'm assuming you, i mean are you is this something you're fishing fast or does it depend on how deep you're fishing it yeah it just depends some days the fish want it you know and you got to throw it on like a belly weighted hook a weedless setup and they want it going a little bit slower especially if you're around that vegetation or if they're up there in it you got to go with the weedless setup because you'll get extremely aggravated with just a yeah regular coming through it with an open hook but swim bait category wise i mean when i talk about swim baits me personally i'm talking five six and seven inch swim baits that's just me okay you know a lot of people say a two or three inch swim bait you know that's more of a finesse swim bait but swim bait's just a big huge category so you know an average size swim bait you can take and run it weedless um like a flashy swimmer uh owner flashy swimmer so you can add some flash on it if you wanted to make it weedless if you're around the vegetation. If you're not around the vegetation, of course, um, just a regular swim bait head with an exposed hook rig normally will you'll land more fish just because it has an exposed hook. And for a beginner or anybody starting out wanting to get into swim baits, I always recommend to start out with an open hook just so you kind of realize and understand kind of what that bite feels like and you don't miss as many. Then once you figure out what that bite is, you resort back over and then try some uh, wheelless setups. Good stuff, man. Hey, that's all. All that is excellent, excellent information, Jason, and we appreciate it, man. So if you're giving, I mean, if somebody's coming up to Gunnersville this weekend and going to do some fishing, what would your tip of the day be? Uh, tip of the day today, find the shad. Get get offshore, get on some of the secondary points, look for the shad. And I don't mean little ones. Like, there's little shad all over the lake, like an inch, inch and a half. Find those ones, the bigger groups of shad that are three, four, and five-inch shad. That's the one that the bass seem to want right now, not the little tiny ones. So find the bigger shad, get on some of those offshore humps. You'll see the shad and the bait fish. And uh, throw something shad imitating, you'll catch some. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, Jason, I know that you're, you know, you're booking trips up there. I think it's obvious to, should be obvious to the callers that, that you are a guy that knows what he's doing on Gunnersville and, and catches a lot of fish. So if somebody is wanting to book a trip with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Jason Whitehead Fishing. They can uh, jump on Facebook. Uh, otherwise, my email is Alabama Elite fishing guides at gmail my email and then my phone number i always got my cell phone on me that number is 256-530-3306 and i welcome any calls texts or anything like that good stuff man well jason we appreciate it buddy uh glad yes, we sir. finally got you on here it was a great segment and we look forward to doing it again soon brother it sounds good sir i appreciate it yes sir all right man take care and we'll talk to you soon you too buddy yeah. All right. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. 
This segment was brought to you by L&M Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment up at Gunnersville with Jason. Y'all give him a call and book a trip with him. He'll be a good one. I'm glad to get him on. The, glad to get him on here. Finally, look forward to having him more. But let's move on over. Let's move over toward Weiss Lake and 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 talk about some crappie fishing with one of my favorite guys, Mr. Lee Pitts. How's it going, Lee? All right, all right, all right, man. We got some cool weather in here. We're feeling good. <laughs> Feeling good, buddy. I am so glad to have it. I'm so glad to have it. I know. Uh, I know you like me. You kind of like to chase them whitetail a little bit too. So, uh, I know them crappie are biting. It's kind of hard to stay out of the woods when it's like it is these last few days, though. Man, I tell you what, it's, it, you, you get torn. It's uh, it's one of those things. I try to try to hit them early in the morning with my fishing and get on out here where I can see that sun go down over some of these green fields. So, man, you, you know, it's it, it's a it's a outdoorsman uh, paradise right now. It's the time of the time of the year where things are good, and I tell everybody, I said, "Man, it's so cool weather in the morning. Get me like a bird dog, man. I want to run out there and pee on stuff in the yard. I mean, it's, <laughs> yes, sir. It's, it's a good time. It's, know, a, good it's time. a good time. <laughs> yeah, and I, you're right though, man. Go fishing in the morning, hunting in the evenings. Because I don't know about you, but man, I don't I don't deer hunt in the morning as much anymore. When I was younger, but now, man, I, I Heck, if I get if I get in a tree stand an hour before dark, I'm happy. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, around here too, and I, and I hate to be talking about deer hunting, but we got a lot of ridge property up here in North Alabama. You know, a lot of these mountains, and we got a lot of white oaks that these deer are really, really jumping on. And uh, right now, if you find a white oak that they're really getting on, you can stop a stand and you see some deer. I mean, you not you may not see the one you want, but you'll see some deer. That's but you'll see. That's right. You'll see some deer. Anyway, like you said, man, great time of the year to be out there. But hey, let's talk about what you do if you want to catch some crappie this time of year. It's uh, we got two different deals going right now, and they're both kind of kicking off. You know, we always look for the for the cold fronts to come in, the first ones to fall, and uh, our, we've had some kind of I'd say pretty cool weather for our time of year. It was twenty six this morning in center, 
So, uh, you know, it, it really, he, you know, it, it's, it's doing good and it's pushing those fish down there on that brush like they need to be. You know, you can do either, if you like a uh, dock shooting and getting around some of these docks, you can catch them that way. If you like to get out there and, and drop a minnow down or some of those Bobby Garland products and, and uh, put a heavy head on it and get straight up and down on some of these brush piles out there in 18, 20 foot, you can catch them that way. So really, you got the best of both worlds right now. If you want to get out and catch some crappie, hey, they're, they're starting to load up on any kind of cover you can find. There's going to be fish on it. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the dock shooting because I'm fixing to do it. My 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 neighbor over here, he's a big. That's all he does is you know he waits for this time of year and and he he shoots docks and he keeps telling me he's like Brian, you a bow hunter, you gonna love shooting these docks, man, because it's kind of like you you know you you shooting that jig up under there, so it's kind of got got that aspect to it. And uh, and you catching fish too, so, and and so I'm glad you brought that up because I was wanting to know, you know, I always think about when the water gets cold, these fish move out. You know, they're in that 18, 20 foot of water, but then you got these docks are under too. So I'm kind of like, you know, have I been wrong about the fish being in deep water in the, in the winter, or or you know, because it ain't it ain't 18 foot on the docks. Well, you know, I, I think it's just like your your largemouth bass. Some of them, they don't know there's a river channel out there. You know, they they, they have lived and died in in the bays and in the creeks, and, and that's the only structure they have to get to there. So, you know, that's all they know. Yeah. It, it's like, uh, you know, some of these river fish, they run that river system. They know when it's time of the year when the bait's getting out there, but... All this bait, you know, Weiss Lake is a is a lake that we have right at thirty two thousand acres of water here, and uh, we got five hundred miles of shoreline. So there's a whole lot of uh, backwater bays, creek channels, and, and little tributaries that come into the lake. So you know that's some of the things those fish don't know anything about that river out there. So so that's the fish you're targeting when you go to the to the four, five, six-foot docks in the back of these bays. That's the that's the water these fish have to go to. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. Yeah, they don't know they can swim out to the main lake there and, 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 and get in that 20-foot of water. <clears throat> right, right. That, that's how they just, uh, you know, the, that group of fish, that's where they've been raised. That's where they're going to stay. That's where they're going to die. Yeah, that's where we're going to catch them. That's what we're going to catch them. Y'all got a and lot of docks the, up there. On, is Weiss the same way as Logan Martin and Lay, and there's lots of docks? It is, man. We've got docks all over the place. And we got a few floating docks, but most of them are your uh, stationary, you know, with the posts in them and the poles. And, and everybody that has docks there, they're going to – and I tell people, they say, how would you know there's brush out in front of that? And I said, well, you see those benches and those rod holders <laughs> yeah. and where them lights are pointed? I mean, that, that's a dead giveaway. When you see a dock and you look at it and there's about three benches across the front and lights pointed to one area, that, that's where the that's where the brush is. Yeah, you so, know they got brush out there, right? That's yeah, right. yeah, you know. I mean, you can it, – it's like kind of, uh, you know, uh, reading uh, a deer field a little bit. When them trails are coming in and that's where it's aiming, that's where they're going. That's right. I see it. Yeah, so, I, so you do, do you do some of that dock shooting up there as well? Man, I do. And I tell you what, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I do a lot of YouTube videos on dog shooting. I do a lot of uh, teaching people and showing them how to do it. But I tell them, I, it's like a golf swing. 
you can you can sit out there and and hit a golf ball and you can hit fifty terrible shots. But you rear back and you hit that one good one where it comes out of there straight and it I mean that that's what keeps you coming back. Same thing with dock shooting. You may miss cue several times and and then throw it up on the dock, throw it up behind you or whatever. But you skip that little old jig up under that dock and you, you lift that rod tip up and it's got that bow in that line and you see it jump, that'll keep you coming back right there. Well, is there a special jig that you use for that that skips better than others? It, you know, it is. A lot of people, they'll, they'll try to put some kind of curly tail or some kind of something with a lot of, uh, and I just call it appendages, you know, stuff hanging off of it. But, well, me, man, that Bobby Garland, with either that baby shed, the Miniminder, or the Slab Slayer, that that's a solid bait. Uh, it's a it's a light bait that has a tight little wobble to it, but it skips excellent. You can put that on a one thirty second, uh, you know, a one twenty four, or whatever. If the wind's up a little bit, but that's a bait that doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to tangle up when it's skipping. And that, that's a that's a great little bait that whenever you skip it underneath there, you're not wanting to put a lot of action to it to bring it out. You know, you want it to have a slow fall. You want that bait to have if you twitch that line a little bit, just tight little wobble. And and that's the that's the thing that they're looking for. The, these fish that are tucked in underneath these docks, they're either on the dock poles or they found a little comfort zone in that shadow. And, and they're laying there. They don't want a whole lot of action. They want something to fall in front of their face. And we have two with with, uh, with Weiss and Neely Henry. You know, they're, uh, they generate power out of these lakes, so they pull current. And, and a lot of times, these fish will position up where that current is pulling. So that that's another thing you need to think about when you're skipping these baits there. Not only just hit a pole and move, Try different angles on it, you know, try different because they may be set up with that current in their face. And if you're going, I guess you would say, shooting it and pulling it against the current, it may come over their backs before they really see it. So check on different angles. You know, that, that's that's the biggest thing that every day that's going to change. So it, it puts a whole different degree of uh, excitement into this dock shooting deal. Because you don't know, hey, you know, and once you find that one pole, you may catch 20 off one pole. Yeah, that's what you I know. So, yeah. so that's, yeah, that's exciting. Well, do you, what kind of, you use a special rod for that? I like uh, a, a lot of my clients when they start out, I'll put them with a little sort of rod. I want something either a, a five, six or a six footer just so they can kind of get the feel for it. And, and it's like shooting a bow and arrow. You know, you need to use the same anchor point every time, have the same amount of line up over your reel seat where, where you're using that same shot and, and you're not getting way out of control, pulling it behind you or whatever. But I use more of a six, six, seven footer, but I've got more uh, longer wingspan than most do. You know, I'm six four, so I can stretch that longer rod out. The, the one reason I like a longer rod for me, I can control that bigger fish a little bit better. And like I said, uh, shooting these dogs, you may catch two, two and a half, three pound fish doing this. Yeah. So when you're shooting six pound test under there with that, uh, that slap slayer, and you're skipping it with a with a one thirty second. He he just thumps it. 
you got to be doing something with him because he's got a lot of obstacles that you're trying to get him out of there. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, and man, I'm thinking that's going to be something really fun for me to do in my kayak too, because I can get up there quiet with no trolling motor. I'm already low to the ground or, you know, right over the top of the water and just back can see under those docks, you know, being that low. Um, yeah. And, and that's the key to it. Just what you just said right there, that low angle of, and I, I Forgive me if I say this wrong, but that low angle of trajectory is that what they, yeah, is that what yeah, they call that's it? Great, I call that's it, a good word. I like it. Yeah, I call it flinging it. But I mean, trajectory I think is the word that they use. But yeah, when you get that low angle right there and can really skip to it and get low, I mean, sometimes I'll be on my knees on the front of that boat just trying to get that right angle. Yeah. So yeah, that that and that kayak, man, you you a step ahead of the game right there. Yeah, I feel like it ought to be it ought to be good from there. I'm just gonna have to hold that rod sideways to and you know, I don't know how you do it. I need to go watch some of your videos on YouTube with it. But when you're pulling it down, are you pulling the tip toward the water or are you pulling holding your rod tip down and pulling it sideways to the water? No, what I'm doing, I'll take that and, and I try to grab that jig with the same amount of line. And what I do, I try to tell everybody I said, Hey, you know, shorter rods about six inches over that reel, I'll grab it and pull it. A longer rod, I may go two foot over it just because that way that rod's got more bend. But I keep it straight up and down. That way it's, it's kind of like shooting a bow. You know, you want to have that thing straight up and down vertical, and you pull it back, use the same anchor point each time. When you let it go that way, you're you're more in control of where it's going. If you start pulling that thing back around your hip or do it sideways, just that you – you're losing a lot of your control. Your accuracy. So I'm just wondering from that sitting bait. in that kayak, though, the way I'm sitting so low of the water, I don't know if I could do it straight up and down. I may have to learn to do it sideways. No, you can. What you, and the key to that is use a five-and-a-half-foot rod, six-foot rod, because that way it's sticking. you're almost sticking that rod straight at it. Yeah, and you're pulling it right back to you. You're not probably three inches under your. You're pulling that. You're pulling that bait straight back and having it right there underneath your hand and and that rod. And you're using that just like you're looking down the side of a gun. And when you let it go, it's shooting it straight into it. Because that that's what a lot of people do. Just what you said. Well, I'm gonna have to pull it sideways out here. And, and you're losing your whole aim when you do that. You pull you pull that thing straight back, and the key to it is going to a, a shorter rod. I, I can't wait to try this. I can't wait to try and, this. And like I said, it, it, when you when you skip that thing under there and it skips about six times, and all of a sudden you pull that line up and you see it, it's a, it's a whole different degree of fishing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm going to have to come up there and get in the boat with you and do it too. Oh, hey, we'll have fun, and I guarantee we'll have a good time. Okay. And, I, and around Weiss, Weiss and Neely Henry, you're, you're subject to catch one in four-pound spots up there in that shallow water, too, shooting yeah. that dog. Because they get up in that same water those crappie are at, and all of a sudden you sit back on one and go, oh, I just hope he comes out. Cause yeah, right. Because this ain't the one I was after. This ain't the one I was after. <laughs> hey man i can't i do i need to come up here and get in the boat with you and do some of that and uh man but like you said at the start of the show what a great time of year to uh to be outside whether it's whether it's hunting or fishing or whatever you're doing man we're blessed to be in a state where we can do it all in one day right 
I tell you what, man. Hey, I love Alabama. I, I got, I got a, I got a brag on Alabama, and I got a brag on our North Alabama too, man. We, we just, we're, we're blessed. Yeah, ain't no doubt about it. Ain't no doubt. Well, man, what's your tip of the day? Somebody come up there wanting to crappie fish this weekend. What, what do they need to do? What's your tip? I, I tell you what. Right now, these fish are really, really starting to get in in uh, three or four of our main tributaries that come in. They're still out there in more of that six, eight foot of water on the docks. But if I was going to come here and, and just get out and drop some minnows down, get on that river channel, ease up and down, find that break, 14, 16, 18 foot of water, and you'll find brush. I mean, we, we've, we've got man-made brush out there. we got the original stumps. we got standing timber. You know, Weiss or Nelly Henry, e- either one you go to, get up there vertical, drop you a minnow straight down, and if you get up in that 12 foot of water, you can't afford to keep minnows on them white bass and stripe this season. Yeah, they hammering them. Man, that's good uh, stuff. That's why I, I have to back out of it. When I get in them, I say, oh, Lord, I can't afford that. I got to back on out. You got to back on out. That's great, <laughs> Lee, man. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, uh, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, brother, what's, what's the best way for them to contact you? Best way to get me, call me, Lee Pitts. Two five six three nine zero four one four five, and just uh, talk. You know, I like talking to people. Just give me a call and talk to me, and we'll we'll get you set up. Hey guys, y'all give Lee a call, book a trip with him. You're gonna catch a lot of crappie. You're gonna do some things you probably never done catching crappie, and uh, learn some new techniques. And and I think you can tell by listening to Lee on the podcast, you're going to have fun, man. You're going to enjoy yourself, have a good time, and uh, make some good memories. So y'all give Lee a call. Hey, Lee, buddy, I appreciate you as always. And uh, looking forward to getting up there myself and, and, and catching some crappie with you soon, buddy. Man, that sounds great. Hey, we, we fixing, we're going to go forward to them. See you All right. later. All right, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. Also brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great second segment there. Love having Lee on. That's a crappie catching fishing fool and uh, and a whole lot of fun to have on the podcast too. So always appreciate Lee. Y'all reach out to him. Let's head down south. Let's go to Ufala with another one of my favorite guys, Mr. Clayton Bats. What's going on, Clayton? Oh, not much. Just getting ready for deer season and catching some fish. I was just finna say, man, I think every segment today we've talked about a little bit of deer hunting and a little bit of fishing. Everybody's got that, uh, man, it's cool weather. It's it's just that time of year when it gets us fired up, right? 
<laughs> As we're sitting here, my phone is steadily dinging with pictures coming in. People shooting deer. Yeah. <laughs> Got them on the trail cam. Look what my buddy killed. Yeah, man. That's a exciting time of the year. And like, uh, like our last caller Lee was saying, man, the beautiful thing about Alabama, go fishing in the morning, climb up in a tree stand in the afternoon. It's a good day. That's right. Well, let's talk about some fishing in you follow, man. I know you're catching them. What they doing? Man, they are biting. And if you want to learn how to use the Lawrence Active Target, forward-facing sonar right now is the time to come. I'm catching them all out there 25 to 40 feet deep. Catching, Actually, I don't know where they came from. We're catching some big spots right now, good largemouth mixed in with them. I had a trip last week, and I posted some pictures on it. You can see them. We'd have had 16, 17 pounds of just spots. Good gracious. Had um, a five-pound five largemouth in there with them. Catching both numbers and quality right now. Just having to fish real deep, you kind of beat that fall funk. Well, and which is surprising, and that's not what I was expecting you to say. I, I was, I was thinking the the fish would have moved up, maybe a little shallower, and and you know, maybe once the water got colder, they'd move back out again. But I, I'm surprised that I thought it'd be the opposite, Clayton. I thought you was going to tell me you was catching them shallow. No. About the only the two ways I kind of beat the fall funk on you fall is either go out there and I'll find them super deep on bare trees and all that, or either I'm running way up the river and getting some current. That's just the two ways I fish you fall this time of year. And I, if I can find them deep, I prefer to stay out there. Well, you mentioned this is a great time of year to learn uh, active target and forward facing sonar. What makes this a good time of year to do that? Those schools, they'll bust up a little bit, and they are on bait. I mean, they're bait-oriented right now. So you kind of got to get out there and follow them around with the bait. Um, they'll get in those trees, and it's a little easier when you, you know, shine out there 50, 60 feet, go see them in those trees. And I'll either cast a swim bait or either I'll go over there and drop down to them. Catching most of them dropping straight down or either throwing a big jig in those trees right now. But it's so a fun you- time. I mean, we're catching a bunch of fish. I didn't know that. So, for, so the forward-facing sonar it works just as good in. I mean, it's just as good in forty foot of water as it is in twenty, or ten, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, and I know you're an offshore guy, so that just fits right into what you like to do. So, will the fish? It, it are so are they pretty much out in the deep water now? I mean, that's where you'll stay for the winter. The only time I go shallow when you fall is if it gets real muddy. That's the only time. Okay. And somebody turns the lights off on them out there, and then they have to go shallower. But other than that, I mean, I can find them offshore. Catching some good fish, too, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. They're all fat, healthy, full of shad. They're beautiful right now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Just some footballs that's out the, there. That's the only problem, though. You start getting pictures of big bucks, and you want to go sit in the tree, and then you <laughs> want to go fish. <laughs> And evidently, a bunch of my clients, they've been wanting to sit in the tree a little bit more because I was busy last week, and I got one trip on Monday, and then I'm kind of done for a little bit. But that's the sad part. When they start biting like that, everybody's thinking they got other stuff on their brain. They want to go sit in the tree, which I cannot say I blame them. Our rut down here in Georgia, where I'm at, is the 1st of November. So we got about two and a half weeks left, and this full blown, they'll be running and chasing and fun times. And you won't be mad that you ain't on the water. You will be. You gonna be happy about that. Oh no, no, sir. I, that's. I tell everybody, I fish so I can hunt. <laughs> I see it, man. I see it. I hear that. 
I hear that. I'm, I'm ready. I'll be going up about that time. Uh, first of November, mid November, I'll be going up to Kentucky myself. So I'll be fired up and ready to go up there and, and try to chase one of these big deer and, uh, and knock them out. But Hey man, it sounds like it's a great time of the year to be on you It's just, you know, a matter of knowing how to go out there and use your electronics and, and find the fish. Right. That's right. Just spending time behind that wheel. Yeah. And I think, you know, we lose sight of that sometimes and you, you talk about that a lot and I, and I love that you do, but I mean, you go out there and some days you might not even fish. You may just ride and and look for fish and mark spots and, and, uh, and find them so that when you do go back out there, you'll have several different options of, of places that you can, you can go to find a school of fish. Oh, that's my favorite part is going out there looking. I mean, I, every guide trip, I mean, I try to break down the lake in just different little areas, but I mean, I probably got 120 130 places that schools normally get so i mean i got enough stuff out there to go look and you know sometimes some days it's a little tougher i'm out land on the first thing and some days i'll tell clients like we don't catch you know we're, we're gonna catch fish to begin with but it's not the numbers that i'm accustomed to and i'll be like just bear with me a little bit and then we'll pull up on one with our bite and then we'll catch eight or nine real quick and then we'll go to another one and catch eight or nine real quick so i mean that offshore deal it turns your day around real quick when you just pull up on, you know, two or three of them that they're really biting on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can put a lot of fish in the boat in a hurry. So when, when as the water gets colder and it starts, the temperature starts dropping. I mean, right now they've been, like you said, they they've been in a feeding frenzy. They eating those, they gorging themselves with shad. They look healthy as all get out. Will there come a point in when the water temperature continues to drop? where they they quit eating quite as much and maybe you you slow down or or i mean are you are you fishing fairly fast right now or are you already slowed down i've slowed down some you can still get them like i mentioned earlier you can still get them to buy that uh like a jinko cd20 cd25 out there but then i am having to get it like just kind of like a winter deal i'm having to get on top of them and i'm chasing them around with that active target and i'm dropping straight down on them when you dropping straight down on them, are you are you spooning or what do you or what you fishing with there? Drop shot. Just dropping the drop shot a, straight down on them. I'm a drop shot fan. Just because that timber out there. I mean, if you're jigging a spoon and like I have some clients that they don't jig spoons too much. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's an it's kind of an old school technique that not many people do anymore. I grew up doing it, you know, so I'm used to doing it. But you still have a bunch of people like that, especially it's kind of just getting into it. They're like, what's a spoon? You know? Yeah. It's been, been around since the beginning of bass fishing, but it's one of those techniques that's kind of just been forgotten about. Yeah. I think it's coming back though. I think it's making a resurgence. There's some, there's some companies out there now that are, man, that have stepped up the game in, in, in spoon manufacturing and, and they're making some really cool spoons and you can get them in all colors and, and sizes and, yeah, it's a little little different than the old spoons we think of. So it's a it's definitely something that I think is back on the rise. I think that has a lot to do with the active target and forward facing sonar too. Being able to see them and drop down on them, and you can see out there, and it's just a bait you can present out there. Right. Yeah. You're probably that's probably a very good point. It's probably people see them and they're like, yeah, if I had something I could drop right down on them here. Okay, let me try one of them new spoons, and then they start liking it. Yeah, that's good it's stuff. It's a fun bite to me. Yeah, it's a it's a definite fun way to fish for sure. Well, hey man, it's um. Uh, are there any fish? I mean, is there people catching fish shallow right now too, like in the morning, early bite, or or 
you know, fishing around some grass still, or, or is it just, man, you just starting and staying offshore? I'm starting and staying offshore, but I mean, I know there's some fish being caught up in the river, flipping grass, swimming a jig, stuff like that. Cause the water level is still pretty high, mm-hmm. but the fish up there that you're catching, I mean, I know one guy that did pretty good in the BFL up there. Um, he finished third, but day in and day out, that river is not going to produce like that lake. Yeah. The tournament's the, big, to, the tournaments are for, one in the lake. Yes. I'm fishing for fish that are replenished. Like I might can take a trip one time a week up that river and do good and then have four days. It's not good. It ain't like that in the lake you know, where you fishing. Oh no. Like they replenish. I can go to one place and I don't guide on the same stuff every day, but sure. I fish it one day and I might fish it four or five days later. And, but it, it replenishes. Cause I mean, I can see them down there on active target. I know they're still there. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a game changer when you know how to use those electronics and that's a service that you offer man is very beneficial for sure is teaching people you know yeah you got all this you got these electronics but do you really know how to use it <laughs> that's right and i have a bunch of people that shoot they'll go show up out there and they'll have 20 grand in electronics and they know how to turn it on and that's about as far as their extent of their learning on it yeah that's right that's right yeah there's an art to it and and you need to be in the boat with somebody i mean you we watch youtube videos and things like that but it's not not the same as being out on the lake with somebody teaching you uh, on your boat, looking at your electronics, how to use them. So that's an awesome, very cool, very cool trip that you offer. Uh, I know it benefits a lot of people. Well, man, if somebody's coming out this weekend that you follow, what's your tip of the day? Stay versatile this time of year. Don't think you're fishing too deep because there's no thermocline on Uvala. Those fish will go as deep as the bait's going, and they'll be grouped up out there and just keep Keep your head down and keep looking because when you find them out there, I mean, you're going to find them. Great tip, man. All right, Clayton, I appreciate you as always, brother. Somebody wants to contact you and book a trip with you, as long as it's not the first week of November when the deer are rutting, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, you can find me on my website, lakeyfallfishingguide.com, or just give me a call, 334-310-8338. Good stuff, man. Hey, send me some good deer pics when you get them. No problem. I hope to send you one on the ground this weekend. That's what I'm talking about. All right, brother. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. See you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. 
The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's real-time navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. Welcome back to the show, guys. Great show this week. Man, uh, has some awesome guests on. It sounds like everybody is catching fish, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, we we have reports on here, and we always say we're going to have a report, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's ugly. But it sounds like right now it's really good, whether you're crappie fishing, uh, whether you're a bass guy. Obviously, the the live bait uh, for the smallmouth below wilson dam is incredible this time of year but uh great time of the year to be outside and 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 man go go climb a tree in the morning go fishing in the afternoon and and take advantage of some of the the opportunities that we have in this great state of alabama and folks that's gonna be a wrap for this week if you enjoy the podcast please take a minute to subscribe rate and leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email it to you, we would love to do that. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. Get out there, enjoy the great outdoors, guys, and we'll talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. Also brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com.